There we go. Finally got it together here. All right. It is first week of March. We're going to do our second solo episode here. Stacy is back, but we're catching up so much, and I don't want to be much later than today. It is Wednesday. Typically like to release it on Monday. So sticking to a schedule, it's always worked for me. I like to be consistent. Otherwise, I will let things go. And when that happens, it's, uh, you know, I'm all in or all out kind of guy. There's no half half pregnant with me. It doesn't work. Um, I guess everyone who works here probably knows that now. Well, they always probably have known it. But basically, over the last week, a little over a week now, I've taken over all the office work and scheduling and this and that. And it was a very important move for me to do. Talked a little bit last week about how um, we let go of some of the office staff. And um, it just wasn't working for the company. It just wasn't, wasn't, it was the weak link in the company that needed to be completely, compl- it wasn't something we can train somebody. We have to put all new systems. Um, you know, blame myself from the beginning of not having the systems into place. But, you know, we're a growing company and you're allowed to make mistakes. You're just not allowed to keep on making them. That's the problem. I think um, people are too scared to make mistakes. And then people are too scared to recognize. So if they wind up doing those mistakes, if they do make that first plunge into making mistakes, they're too scared to recognize that they're doing it wrong and, and throw it out and just start from scratch. It's, um, it's a hard thing to do. Um, it's a, it definitely, it definitely puts you back a little bit. It's kind of like a step back to leap forward. So you do have to have some sort of a vision for where you want to be. Uh, so that, that, that's definitely something that you have to continue to do as a growing business. If you, if you're, if you're working for a company and that company never changes and the company you're doing the same thing every day, same client, same price, same route. Yes, there's a lot of great stuff that comes from that. But that business is going to die because it's not evolving. It's not growing. It's We look for a lot of consistencies in business to make things run correct and make things run as efficiently as possible. But there should be some turnover. The prices should go up. Um, the kinds of trucks you're in should change. You should be in the newer trucks. There should always be an evolution and if you look around and you're doing the same thing you were 10 years ago at that company, trust me, that company's going to go away. That company's going to go away. You have to constantly push forward. Otherwise, th- there's no there's no being stagnant. It's growing or, or shrinking. It's like um, having money in a bank account with with all the prices of everything going up and depreciation. And what do they call that? What is it called? What is it called? I can't think of the term. No money loses value. A dollar is not worth a dollar tomorrow. What the hell is that term? Not appreciation. That's uh, inflation, I think, is the term for that. Anyway, just leaving it there. You're either losing money or making money. There's no There's no just leaving it there. So um, it's important to keep on moving forward. And not everyone, almost nobody, is going to understand that within the company, except that the true leaders... Um, you can do your best as the leader to, to tell people there's a vision and there's a bigger idea. And, um, you know, it's, 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 
you can't live or die by it. You can do your best to tell them, but you really, as a good leader, as someone running a company that you want to be around forever, you you really have to have your own confidence. You have to have your own vision. It's a weird balance. You don't want to be surrounded by yes people where they just go with everything you say. Even if you do have the best idea and the vision, you want people to challenge you for sure. But at the same time, you can't have um, you can't have other people's opinions affecting the the grand like the, the larger vision of everything. Sure, th- their opinions can can make you maneuver and left and right, but always going forward. So it is important to listen to people, but at the same time, um, really get have your own confidence and really have your own vision of wh- where you're going. And th- I think that's very something that's very hard to do in business, but then also in life too. Because if you now remove yourself from the business and you have to explain to your people, your friends, your family, who maybe, like for instance, I started this company when I was, you know, well, I started grooming like a psycho right out of high school. So I had a full-time job, like the same kind of job someone would have when they're 25, 30. I had it right out of high school. So my friends would look at me weird. I would miss a lot of parties and not pick up the phone and, you know, blow a lot of things off because I had a, I had, I, I wanted something in life. I wanted, I wanted more. So, you know, I had to listen to myself and sure there should have been times where I, I should have listened to friends more and say, Hey, you know what? It, I could take a day off. I can go out and party this night when I'm freaking 22 and not worry about it. You know, if the, your whole career is going to be 50 years What's one night here and there? So you should listen occasionally to other people's opinions and try them and see if they work for you. But it is important to really have your own vision and and what's going to make you happy and what you want out of life. There's 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 definitely a balance. It's the office phone. The office. I'm the office. The office gal now. Um... But yeah, so that that's a lot. That's that's some of the things I've been thinking of. It's I get frustrated because I, I take so much outside information at this point. We have, you know, between all our employees, all the people we do business with, you know, at this point we have real estate people working with us, lawyers working with us, um, just business advisors. Everyone, it seems like once you get to a certain size, everyone has an opinion. You know, when you have one truck, they'll say like side comments, oh, you should hire somebody, you should do this, you should do that. But now you have a bunch of trucks and you seem to have like a sustainable business. Now you get everyone out of the woodwork of you should do this and you should do that. And you should, I mean, save your opinions. I'm not, I, I, I'm not not thinking of how to grow. Very, very rarely do I get an outside opinion out of nowhere, unsolicited outside opinion that I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I just yes people. I'm like, oh, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, everyone thinks they know how to run a company. Everyone thinks it's just so easy. Like, oh, you should just, uh, why don't you just work in Queens too? And um, I just, I don't know. I'm sure everyone deals with that. Everyone who's at least a small business owner uh, deals with the outside input. Um, but I've been dealing with it forever. But I, I just smile and nod and don't make a big deal about it. So the vision, the vision's coming together. Um, the property is coming together. I've been talking about this nonstop for maybe a year. 
I talked to my real estate agent. We looked at 70 different properties. Now, that doesn't mean we walked every property or really looked into every. It's just considerations, properties that could possibly work for us. Hey, look at this link. Check this. Ask a couple of questions, please. Long Island, New York, it, you can't even park your car on the street. Like, you have to get commercial parking. You can't put your car in your driveway. You can't. Even finding a spot is is ridiculous. For instance, I live in this building and I have metered parking outside my house. So anytime anyone comes over, they have to have quarters. Like it's not like everywhere else. So just finding parking here could be a months and months long progress to find a place to park all your trucks and going through different places and lots. And then you have to consider it's cold in the winter in New York. So do they have electric that's reliable and water that doesn't freeze up? Do you not, are you going to go to an area where you're not going to get your trucks robbed or your Cadillac converters all cut out of your trucks? Uh, so it's a little bit of a grind here in New York, but it seems like it's finally coming together. We have, we have, we're getting to an agreement on a property, which is mid middle Nassau County. We service Nassau County, Long Island and Nassau County, Long Island only. We do Hamptons work in the summer, but that's something that's completely on the side. So centrally located in Nassau County. So everywhere you drive, it's between 30 and 35 minutes from our centrally located offices. That's going to be the ideal setup and allow us to have a sustainability. My groomers who are working in the uppermost north area of Nassau County are ready to kill me. We've been doing it for a few months, but they're an hour to their first stop. And then if they finish all the way up there, they're an hour to the last stop. Uh, well, an hour back to the yard. So that's not sustainable. They're they're getting burnt on that. So this is really going to help the, that team of groomers that work up north, especially that's our fastest growing route um, because that does happen to be more of the high-end neighborhoods. So that that's very important. And the idea of the facility that we want or we're going to have here, now I'm going to say we're going to have. I'm feeling more confident. Um, we'll be doing like daycare and boarding and just adding more pet services to what we offer here at Planet Pooch. I think the, I think the idea, and we'll see, you know, I'm definitely, get, I get ahead of myself almost always, but I, I, I see this company, like I think the sales in the boarding and daycare, maybe not, maybe not the profitability, but the, the, the sales and um, a little bit of an exit strategy or a much better exit strategy is going to come from the facilities, boarding daycare. I, I have never seen, unless someone can show me, um, mobile fleet of dog groomers sell. I've never seen that in business. I've seen um, people sell their dog grooming shops. Uh, some guys buying up all the dog grooming shops here in Long Island, New York. But I have not seen anyone sell a fleet of mobile dog grooming trucks. And if they do, I don't know if they do it by like um, in, like a standard of how you sell a normal business, which is X time multiples. So if you're doing a million dollars a year in sales, do they, do they three times that? Do they five times that? Do they half, you know, whatever it is. Um, I just don't see that. I see that in daycare boarding facilities, that, that kind of business deals happen where you say, okay, this boarding facility does $2 million in sales. We're prepared to pay you three times multiple of that. Um, so that's that would be more of the exit strategy. 
um, you know, down the line if, when I decide to retire, retire. I'm 32 now, so I have quite a, quite a few years before that happens. Um, so that's, that's another reason I want to get into that business. I also think I'm going to really enjoy that business. I think there's something really nice about having a dog come in and really, really be happy to be there. I always know like my favorite clients are maybe not the most behaved dogs, but like the dogs that like jump in the truck, which is not that many. Most dogs, like even if they don't care too much, they're shaking, they're upset to see you, they're, you know, you're, they're, they're just not that happy. And you would think I wouldn't care. I guess people who know me would think I wouldn't care, but I do care about that. And when you have a dog that just wags his tail when they see you and they go in the truck, it's so much more enjoyable. It just, it, everyone's happier. The people are happier. I'm happier. The dog's happier. So if you, if I can replicate, if I can get that feeling from when dogs come into my facility to come hang out with other dogs, I think that feeling, I don't think that's going to go away. I'm, I'm looking forward to that feeling. And I think that's going to be something to really build around. It's, it's nice to, to figure out what you really like and, and build around it. So I'm, I'm interested in that. But well, there'll be more to come on that. And if that does go through, it's going to be a huge, huge learning curve for me. Curve or curb? Who cares? And it's going to take some time to become as professional in that industry as I am in, in mobile pet grooming. Mobile pet grooming, we're, you know, we're, we're a standard where people go to us for questions. I have mobile groomers call me for questions and help and this and that. And I, I love doing it. I love helping people. But we're going to be far from that when we get into the daycare boarding. So it's going to be an interesting ride, but I'm looking forward to it. But I'm, I'm I do like the whole industry, the industry, um, connecting with people in the industry and being able to help people out. And you get like the groomers that have the one truck companies that really don't, you know, they're not looking to be what you are. They're just looking to be them, and they have one truck and their clients, and it's great. And they're always. They, I, it always happens. They always call me when it's like a total emergency or something totally happens. And I always tell them like, hey, just call me whenever you want. Like it doesn't have to be emergency. Like if you want me to look at your water pump or something's leaking or something, like I fix all these trucks by myself. I, I know exactly how to fix this. You don't have to wait three weeks for an appointment. Just come here. I have spare parts. We have eight different trucks with all different parts. So they're always like, oh, I should have done this years ago. So I like doing that. Um, I like building, I like building this community and we're going to be here a long time. So hopefully at some point when we need a hand, it will come back our way. And then even building, uh, you know, building friendships outside of the immediate area. Um, for instance, um, I'm looking at the magazine now, this, uh, what is this? This is pet groomer. This is groomer's choice. We've been using groomer's choice for years and, um, and, you know, we have people in the industry that, that, that we are friends with now that all kind of work for this company now. Um, Natalie or Natalia, however you want to say it. Um, she, she's, you know, I've, I've texted her over the past year and, you know, we discussed different things and she's, she's a really smart girl. She's figuring it out. Um, something with her who was very, very interesting is she, she has a small fleet. She has two or three trucks, right? But the amount of times that truck is out is almost always right so if she has two trucks i don't i forget i'd have to go through text messages but it's either two or three trucks her her rate 
that she has those trucks out are probably what some people would five trucks. She That thing's out seven days a week. If she's not doing it, she has someone doing it her off days. That truck's never sitting. So if you add up the amount of routes she does a week, it's probably very close to truck people with four, maybe four or five trucks. So it's very impressive how she runs her business. Obviously, she's definitely burning the candle at both ends at this point because she's managing the company and making sure everything's working and then grooming, doing a lot of the grooming herself. Um, and this is that's kind of how I got started, where on my days off, I would be using, you know, letting other people use the truck. Uh, but hopefully she gets to the point where she can take a little more time to herself and manage the company and grow and have a bunch more trucks. I know she's very passionate about what she does. She's a very good groomer. She's a competition groomer on top of all that. Um, so she has a, she has a good career ahead of her. I think she's still pretty young too. She's younger than I am. No idea how she old she is. She, she's definitely under 30. Uh, so yeah, she's like, she's someone in the industry and, um, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people in the industry that we, we, we talk to and look up to and, um, definitely bounce ideas off of, um, even, even, uh, right here, our local, local friend here, um, the rough life with Chris and Emily. Like Chris brings such a fresh spin on things because he's he's not a groomer. He's a business guy. So he's he's taken, you know, mobile grooming and, and totally given it a refresh. And again, he's another industry leader at this point where people are going to him for advice. I know he does a lot of work with um, Mogo and stuff where, um, you know, he'll give seminars and he, he puts so much information out there, which is so fantastic uh, for other groomers where... You know, he doesn't keep all the information to himself. You ever call him, just ask him questions, he'll go on and on. He doesn't keep information. He doesn't, you know, I don't think anyone should. I think you're going to wind up hurting yourself if you um, you put this information, you know, but just keeping the information to yourself. Let your competitors know how you work. Let your competitors know what your pricing is. And they, they should go, if it's working for you and you have a good sustainable business, it, they should be they should be doing what you're doing. They shouldn't be trying to utter, undercut you and talk bad about you. and um, It's just not the vibe in this industry, at least. I've seen it in a lot of other, other industries, but you know, having these relationships... Uh, I, I think I recommended a couple people over them today. They're in Suffolk County. We're in Nassau County. We just don't go to Suffolk County. Why not recommend to a company I know? And um, you know, I don't know if they service all in Nassau. Maybe they'll send us some work. Um, yeah. What do we got going on now? So we have a couple more weeks. We are coming up to the, del- not the, I guess the delivery in a groom in New Jersey. Wagon Tails is bringing over our truck, which is going to be another fun thing to do. Um, get it. We got the new Wagon Tails uh, all electric. I don't know what they call it. They have a lot of wacky names, which I can't keep up with. Uh, but we are looking forward to seeing how that van works. The electric, so the only the only worry I have is if that van doesn't get plugged in when it's cold out, those batteries do not operate well in cold temperatures. So that's that's the one problem with those. And I know that beforehand because I have an RV with the same sort of batteries that if the batteries get under a certain temperature, they don't operate, at least not properly. And I'm pretty sure that's what's going to wind up happening with the wagon tails. So I think it's a, it's just something I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a problem with ahead of time. But as long as it's plugged in, as long as you have the heater running, it shouldn't be an issue. 
Uh, it's just if your electric goes out, if, um, I don't know, if the, the heater doesn't work, uh, I'm sure it can turn into an issue. But we'll, we'll test it out. We'll see how it goes. But God, these trucks are getting so expensive. They're getting expensive. Rightfully so, though. I mean, rightfully so. The, the, there's, you, you can really take these trucks and easily do $1,000 a day in service pretty, pretty easily at this point. Um, so with that said, I think the price tag on this one was 122 something around there, give or take a couple thousand. So, you know, it's, it is a lot of money. The payments are a lot. Interest rates right now are crazy. But if if you're charging the right prices, there's you shouldn't you shouldn't not be doing a thousand dollars a day on your route. If especially if you are, especially if you are you know owner operator, like okay, I understand the girls that work for me see a lot of value in not killing themselves. They do six dogs a day. Totally get it. There's a lot of value there. But if you're an owner operator and you're just trying to make money as much money as possible and you're doing eight to 10, like I used to do, I was really heavy on doing at least 10 a day. Um, like a nine dog day would be a light day. You know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be around, you know, up a thousand and over. So at the, at the price point of 122, it, you can make it work. You can make it work. I wouldn't suggest getting into this business to do it kind of half ass things are too expensive now insurance uh payments maintenance is absolutely crazy everything is so crazy expensive that just getting into this to get like an old cheap truck and kind of do it and i'll charge 80 you know 60 70 80 dollars it's not worth it a fucking tire costs 300 400 so what are you going to groom for a day to pay for a tire when you get a blowout like how much of your money is going to go into maintenance on that? We just bought a generator, labor tax, and then whatever the upsell is. I don't know. It was it was over eight thousand dollars in a generator in a two thousand nineteen. So it's not like an old old generator, but it just needs to be replaced. So, you know, you have to really keep those expenses in your head when people ask you for a discount. You just you just can't do it. You just can't do it, and uh, you got to be strict. I. I I would never suggest doing any kind of high quantity, low price work in a mobile unit. There's too much that can go wrong. And if you want to grow as a business, if you want to grow as a business, I just, I don't see that ever happening. You need to be super high end, uh, the least amount of dogs and make the most profit as possible. You don't want your groomers rushing around to do eight to 10 dogs a day. You just don't want it. They'll be crashing. They'll be late all day. There'll be mistakes. You'll be losing clients. They'll be doing shitty work. You're better off increasing the price by 40%, doing six dogs a day. Let them spend two hours a dog, you know, hour and a half a dog, whatever. And, uh, and, and, and that's it. Everyone's happy. The trucks don't get beat up. They're not getting crashed. I don't think anyone should ever think about racing to the bottom of this industry, meaning charging less. That's, it's a crazy thing to do. It's a crazy thing to do. The, even if you're a one truck company, like just, just charge people what you're worth. It's, it's, 
sit home. Why not sit home? Why not work three days a week when you first get so everyone has to everyone feels like they have to always work. Fine, get a hobby. If you're any good at what you do, you'll be busy before you know it. But don't rush into getting every fucking hour filled the first year you're in business. Go to work three days a week. Don't make that much money. But don't shoot yourself in the foot for the second year by fucking charging $80. That's insane. Getting all worked up. I'm sweating. <sighs> yeah, generators. We're, we're kind of getting out of that game. We have three generator trucks left. A couple of Hanvey trucks, which I love. Love the Hanvies. Now we have this new, um, this new Wagon Tails all electric coming in, which is should be fun. It, it seems like it's going to be a little bit more of a pain in the ass than the Hanvies. The Hanvies I can leave unplugged, sitting in the street. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They're, those things are fantastic. I have, um, when I work out in the Hamptons over the summer, I just leave it in a lot. No plugs, no nothing. It's, God, those trucks are so easy. But they break a lot. So you got to be a little bit handy. When I say they break a lot, like, I'm not saying they explode or this, like, it's a lot of little things break, a lot of pl very plasticky, very chintzy, you know, and maybe I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, just like the dry, blow dryer attachments, the hoses break and split and bend and um, the water pumps go quicker and the drain pump goes quicker. But I mean, with that said, all of the fixes in that truck literally take two minutes and they're very cheap to replace. With the wagon tails, if I have a leak in the wagon tails, I got to rip that fucking thing apart. And if you're not handy, which I would say most of the groomers, if they don't have like a husband or something, not to be sexist, but this industry is ran by women, uh, they're not really going to rip a tub apart and look for a fitting and go to Home Depot and change the fitting. And it's not going to happen. So if you had to bring that somewhere for them to rip the tub apart, find the fitting, get the fitting, put it back on, put the tub back together. You're looking at like six hours of labor for a $3 part. So yeah, they might have charged you $10 for parts, but just to get to the fucking thing, they're going to bill you $600. So that that's that's kind of the turnoff with the, with the, um, the wagon tails. I just had the fitting, and I shot a video, I should probably put it on YouTube, um, of the same morning, I had my, one of my Hanvey's drain pumps go, literally one minute to change. And they give you a spare one in the Hanvey. It's fantastic. People will complain like, oh, my God, there's only, there's only 5,000 miles on this truck. Is the, the drain pump's already going? Like, okay, I, whatever. If you want to complain about that, that's a fair, fair complaint. But then I go over to the wagon tails and I sprang a leak in, in one of my fittings cracked. I had a fitting by the water heater crack. So... I had to pull all the shelving in the back of the truck off, apart. I want to say there's like 10 to 12 screws you got to pull out. You got to pull everything out. Then you finally find the fitting down there. Um, it's a shark bite fitting. They don't even make shark bite fittings anymore. They do, but they're brass and they're a little bit different, so it's hard to find them. Um, so I got to rig something up and put it all back together. You know, it's a couple of hours of trying to figure out how to make it work where the Hanvey, it's, it's fixed. If one of the hoses goes, it's just regular hose that you can get anywhere. Uh, so that's what I do like about the Hanvies. They're not as powerful. We do, and I re re reluctantly say this, 
because I don't know what the longevity of these batteries are, but we do run the K92 blow dryers in our Hanvies. Um, we have issues when it's used incorrectly. It has to be done very, very particularly. Particular, you know what I'm saying. You have to really know what you're doing when you're using it. You have to unplug other things. You basically have to only power the blow dryer when you're using the blow dryer and everything else has to be shut down. And if you don't, and you make one slight error, there's a $160 piece that blows up immediately. And we've gone through a lot of those. You're like, Andy, what's the point then? I just paid $9,000 for a generator. That's the point. That's the point. Um, but we will see what it does to the battery. So I don't recommend it. I don't think you should do it. I will let you know how it works out for us in the long run if we have to replace all these batteries in a year on all five, all four trucks, all four Hanvies there. Um, it might wind up being an issue or might wind up being more expensive. But um, for right now, it's working. The process of plugging in the truck, plugging in the K92 blow dryer is a little bit of a pain in the ass. So we wind up just plugging them in for like, a Bernadoodle, a golden retriever, you know, where it's going to be worthwhile to take that extra minute or two to set the truck up to use the K92. If you're doing a little Yorkie or something, you're not going to go through that process. So we're using the standard blow dryer that comes with the Hanvey. That, that guy, that guy at Hanvey, Curtis, um, if you if you don't know him, he's he's kind of a, he's a fun guy, put it that way. He he is still under the impression that he can dry a dog faster with his blow dryer than a canine too. But he's wrong. I mean, he's just wrong. There's no, I don't, I don't, I told him to shoot, why don't I shoot a video? Just do a video. Just do side-by-side -side comparison video. You're going to be wrong. And I guess the only reason they haven't put it out is because it's not true. I don't, I don't get why he, they don't just say, hey, it's not as fast as K92, but you're not buying a generator. That's the better argument than saying that you're going to blow dry a Bernadoodle faster with the Hanvey blow dryer than the K92. It's just false. It's just fake. It's absolutely fake. So that's what's going on. That's what's going on with those trucks. It should be interesting to see where this new wagon tails lines up in in the lineup of all these things. Um, and then business-wise, uh, people probably get mad at us, but we're not charging credit card fees yet. So that's the next step business-wise, like I guess money-wise with the company. We're not looking to have a price increase this year, possibly next year. But um, this year we're going to start with the processing fees, which is uh, I believe a 3% fee that we're gonna start to push on the clients. And that's going to be basically our price increase for this year um, instead of a traditional price increase. And then next year, we'll go back to our regularly scheduled price increase. Um, and you just got to do it. And again, it's it's something that, you know, you lose clients and you have to build up. And there should be turnover because it goes back to that that same rule. If it's always the same and it's always the same price, the company's not growing. It's not going anywhere. There's no, There's no... No point of working there. It's not a forever company. We're trying to build a forever company here that's always going to evolve and get with the times and last. There's a lot of companies that are so reliant on the owner 
working to make it work. You know, I see a lot of these companies just pay too much in commission to their groomers where it's like, yeah, after expenses, I wind up making, uh, you know, five to 10% off my groomer, but that's better than nothing because I'll, I would, I would have been sitting here grooming anyway, right? Like I'm in the back room. I'm, I'm imagining myself in a shop saying this scenario. I'm sitting here, I'm doing 10, 12 dogs a day by myself in a bather. I hired a couple of groomers, you know, maybe I got three other tables. So between the three of them, I'm getting 30% total, which is insane. 10% off each groomer. Um, it's just crazy because there's so much wrong with that because if you, and the groomers that work there should know there's so much wrong with that and you should be the one to educate them. They should know that you as the owner, if you stop grooming, they don't have jobs because that's not a sustainable job. They should know that. They should 100% know that and, and, be, and be, you know, up your ass about like they should be kissing your ass about that that you're doing them such a big favor by you're not even worried about their money you're only worried about your money you have a plan that's just extra money to me it's not worth the headache but it's just extra money um i was going to be here anyway i had to rent the space for my clients anyway why not have them here but that, i'll tell you two things that's not sustainable once you decide to stop grooming that shop is going to close and all those people there will lose their jobs if you step down and let someone else become the owner, there will be enormous animosity. And, and they'll realize real fast of how much, how good you are doing them. So even if you think you're going to step down and put someone else in charge, it never works. And then if you ever wanted to sell that, you, that's a, I get so upset about this. If you ever wanted to sell your company, people say they're selling their grooming business all the time. Go look it up. I'm going to sell my dog grooming route. I'm going to sell my dog grooming shop. You're fucking selling a job. Nobody wants to buy a job. You're not selling a business. Understand the difference. If I don't walk into your dog grooming shop and groom those dogs myself, that company does not make money. That's not a company. That's a job. Stop trying to sell your jobs. What's wrong with you fucking people? Unless you bought the building and you were paying down debt for 20 years, great. Now you're making a little more sense. If you go through all of these, go through every single classified ad for a grooming business for sale, see how many of them are not owner-operated. Almost zero. Those are the real companies you should buy. If you can find a company that's not owner-operated, that's a viable business, that's a good investment if they have a good team of people in there. If you have to go in there and work to turn a profit, do not buy a job. Never buy a job. You're just buying problems. Start from scratch. Take a year to do it. You'll be so much more happy. Absolutely insane. I get so mad about that. You know, we're one of the few, I think one of the few grooming companies where the owner, me, doesn't, doesn't groom. And we turn a profit. We turn a good profit. We make a good living. So we've always been designed to be at one day to be a company, a sellable company at maybe one point in the world, you know, one point in time. Uh, yeah, sorry. I get, I get worked up. Talking a lot of business today. I know I kind of talk a lot of bullshit with Stacy. That's more fun. I'm probably being boring today, but hopefully I'm adding a little value because that's really what it's about, right? Adding, adding a little value. 
putting some information out. I know when I was when I was really coming up and trying to figure out how to do this and like how to get a bunch of trucks and how to I don't know. I don't know where to look for people. And what is, you know, I, I scratched and clawed at anybody that had more than one truck, that even had one employee. I would just ask so many questions. So if I found me, if I found me when I was me back then, I wouldn't leave me, current me alone. I'd constantly be asking questions and let me just hang out. Let me just, let me just see how you open the yard. Let me just, what time do you get there? I'll be there at 630 in the morning with you. I just want to see how you operate and how you talk to people. I was so heavily interested on how to hire and how to talk to people and, you know, like the little things like, oh, do you, do you make your groomers put gas in the trucks and are they responsible for filling the, the, uh, the, the supplies they emptied, like just the littlest dumb shit, the littlest stupidest things. Are they responsible for cleaning the front of the truck where they drive as well as the back or is that your job? All these tiny little things that like I, you get overly concerned on. I would love this kind of information. Um, so we always encourage people to reach out if you have any questions or anything like that. I, uh, yeah, I, I was such a psycho back then. Mm. I'm kind of getting back in that mode again. I have to, I'm getting refocused and um, overly, overly involved. But like, as soon as I took over, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not like trying to brag or anything, but like as soon as I took over, like I'm like, oh, it it just should be getting done like this. Like it it was getting it's getting done wrong forever. And I don't know. I, I get so uh, so obsessive about it. I get so obsessed about it, and it's a good thing. But now I have to figure out how to sustain it, right? Because I I can't I can't be I can't be the off I can't be in the office forever. That's not the goal of this company. That's that goes back to that sustainability question. If I was the only thing that made the office and the trucks work and the routes work, all of a sudden I'm going back to selling a job instead of selling a company. So I have to put the the right steps in place here. And I, you know, I really need to get in here and redesign. Um, but hopefully I can come up with a system and a platform and a, a way to have a sustainable job, good job for somebody that they can keep up what I rebuilt here. So that's the idea of really getting back in here and and, and really busting people's balls about all this stuff. We um we have that, yeah, like that show's coming up. I would really love my groomers to to be although you don't really learn that much. If you're a professional groomer that's been doing it for a long time, you don't really learn that much from these seminars and um you know you don't really get any more products that you don't already know about like we're going to go to the groom x not the groom expo into groom in jersey and you know we'll walk around we'll see the products we'll maybe we'll take some classes here and there but it's a lot of, it's a lot of the same it's a lot of the same stuff and if anything it remotivates you you get to talk to like-minded people and there's a lot of that and it gets you involved in your job and like your job. So I think the value is really that rather than learning how to do a Yorkie ear. And yeah, you'll pick up a tip here and there for sure. For sure. Absolutely. But there's only so many tips out there. And even with like the new, the new product and all that stuff, it's very rare that something sticks. You know, there's a hot new product everyone's using, but you know, maybe one out of a hundred products stay around for a while. 
you know, they're, they're hot for a year, two years, maybe three. Three is usually the longest you'll see one of these new products stick around. But the, they, they go. They always go. Um, I've been using the same shears since, you know, for 10 years. I have, I, ha- I have maybe four or five sets of scissors. Like, I don't do competition grooming. I see if you're doing competition grooming or you're doing very specialty work, um, which you need more shears. And, you know, I do a lot of high-end work. I don't feel like I need a lot of specialty shears. Uh, and I, get, I, I do a pretty good job. For the amount of time I put invest in grooming, I do a pretty good job for the amount of time I invest in my grooming uh, skill. So I, I just don't feel like I'm missing anything. I have I have two combs, one brush. Maybe no, I have two brushes. Um, I have I have like if you see my scissors case, there might be ten scissors in there, but I only I only use four, five, forever for ten years. You know I have maybe double or even triple of the same shear. So when it goes, you know I always like to have a nice fresh shear to go out with and um, send the other one in especially when I work a lot in the summer. But like all these products really just, they just come and go. And, you know, I can really, you start to see what's really going to stick and what's not. And what's it goes back to that sustainability. Is it sustainable to have a $120 gallon of shampoo in your your rig, in your, in your dog grooming truck? Like, oh yeah, you can upsell it for $40. Like, okay, but... What if you don't and then it freezes and gets hot and then it goes bad? Like what's my profit margin on that extra $40? If I upsell one, you know, occasionally upsell like a $40 upsell for a shampoo service, like one of these super high-end shampoos. I always feel, I always think about the client. I think about the client. Like if I was that client, why not just use a good shampoo for my dog's skin and yeah, maybe as a business person, I'm leaving money on the table. And maybe someone who's more business savvy would be like, Andy, that's dumb. If you really add it up by the end of the year, you're tens of thousands of dollars you're, you're, you're missing out on. But I really think about the client. Like, I don't want to feel like we're fucking hitting them over the head for every little thing. I'd rather increase the bottom price, like that minimum price. Um, we do, And with that said, we have plenty of upsells. We upsell a lot of stuff. But we, we, we try to stick to the stuff that actually shows improvement, that actually does something. Um, there's too much gimmicky shit out there that you don't want to lose the trust of your client over my side of the sale would be, I don't know, $12. You know, you know what I'm saying? So let's say I hit them with an upsell three times a year for an extra $30 I made off them after paying my groomer's commission and expenses, I made I made $36 off them if I sold. So like, is that 36? What if they have that one, even for $36, that one client, if they had the one thought in my their head that, oh, they're they're like shysters, they're always trying to upsell me. Like if you keep your $36, because I never want that fucking thought in your head. For $36, absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you think my my service is too expensive in general, where our minimum haircut price is 150, and you want to make that accusation that um, I'm a shyster because my prices are like that's a different story. That's your opinion. It's, it's all you. But a current client that's always using us to try to hit them with that upsell is not. It's never really been up my alley. 
so yeah well, that's with the with the new products we i don't get overly excited but it is to, good to talk to people and again make those relationships with um with the industry and kind of see what everyone's up to and and what the what the vibe is out there all right i think we'll call this one a wrap a lot of information this week very boring not too much drama um we'll bring back the drama next week for sure and I think we got some things to talk about because I've been dating. Stacy has some um, what they call uh, relationship update or maybe not an update, if you know what I mean. So we'll see how that goes. But there's a lot to talk about there. Um, so come back next week. Hopefully we'll have it up on Monday instead of Wednesday. And uh, yeah, email us. Uh, Two groomers, one truck at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys and ask us any questions that we can add value on. Take care.